I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Tuesday. Big Ben is back. Pittsburgh wins and covers. Overall, his stats were okay. His strong finish is cause for optimism for Steelers fans. Denver loses in the last seconds, and this looks like a concerning trend. Fangio has lost 10 games with Denver. In four of them, he lost the lead with less than 30 seconds left. Wow. Game seven tonight, Clippers versus the Nuggets. Two games ago, Clippers had a 98% chance to advance. Tonight, Clippers favored by seven and a half. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Tuesday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. What action you would think tuesday maybe it's a day we can take a breath maybe skip this no 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 we got the monday recap we got college football maybe in the big 10 and pac 12 we got a game seven we got an opening of a series heat saudics fangio and we have the guy in los angeles he's the joe of joes Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on the first Tuesday following a busy week one in the NFL season, we've also got two playoff games in the NBA coming up later on tonight. But what is the Vegas lead here on this Tuesday? I'm going to ask you a question. How big do we think this Big Ten situation is? Because it feels like in a weird way, the idea that when they were going to cancel, it was like the biggest story for three days. Now it feels like they're back. How big is that? I think there's a little fatigue because I, I I've seen so many different reports that have either been for it or against it. And then you hear eight games and then I heard nine games over the weekend that at this point, would somebody just make a decision so we can figure this thing out and get a season in? So what you're saying is you have stupidity fatigue. You're, the stupidity of the Big Very Ten, we're so. just sick and tired. <laughs> Very I, much I, so. I had that with my sister for a long time when I was growing <laughs> up. Right? I, I, older brothers might be a little hard, though. I think I might have been a little too tough, but still. So we're skipping it. I don't even. I, we're going to act like it doesn't exist. Though I will ask you one question on it. Would they would would Ohio State be eligible? You think to be in the playoffs if they play nine yeah. games? That's that's what this is all based on because the plan that and this came out over the weekend that there's a plan in place to have a a nine game season and the reason for the nine game season is that would put the Big Ten championship game on December 19th and the college football playoff selection committee makes their final decision on December 20th so if they can get this Uh. season in starting on October 10th or most likely the 17th then that way they will be eligible for a national championship. Or maybe not have, but here's where the money is always king. If you don't have the Big Ten Championship this year, you could schedule one extra game 
for everyone that week yeah. and get to 10. Yeah, but I, I think I think they're looking at this as how can we get – because one of the stories that I saw early that came out was that Ryan Day was really, really upset. And, and one of the quotes that was attached to it was that he was inconsolable. You know, like he was like he was really distraught over the idea of their season getting canceled. And the reason well, being, yeah. he loves this team. He thinks Ooh. this team is as good as as any team that's been there in recent memory. And he thinks this is a legitimate national title contender. And that's why they've been pushing so hard to get back. Now, which makes a ton of sense. So the question is, if you're going to play one of the things, even if it's just hope, you know, we you and I fundamentally disagree on this for sure. I'd rather it be boring results if they're the right results. You, like, I think it's fair to say a little more randomness. You, you don't mind if the best yeah. team doesn't win a given yeah. game. Would you say that's, that's yeah, true? Okay. true. To me, though, the hope is why your side has merit. Meaning, if you have a lesser team, the hope that the good fortune could be the difference is what keeps fans involved, teams involved, more wild card teams, that kind of stuff. Well, if you're the Big Ten... And somehow you set up a season that has no hope of having any of your teams make the playoffs. That seems almost pointless. Not yeah. pointless, but so whatever they do, they've got to reverse engineer to be in a position to maybe have one of their teams make it. Yeah. Or otherwise, why are you playing the season? I mean, there's other reasons, but the, the, at least the chance at a national title is is one of the things you dream on. Yeah, if if and this makes sense only because if you just wanted this to be a Big 10 showcase, why wouldn't you just wait until after the regular season's over and have and have January cuz cuz you're going to be standalone yep, in, in yep. theory. Standalone attention, you get all the notoriety and you're the only thing going in town. But the fact that they're trying to push this hard and going against their decision that they made last month tells me this is all about a national championship. Which I think it should be, yeah. Because ultimately, Agreed. that's the and even if you know for ninety five percent fact you're not going to win. Well, I, guess what? When you buy a scratch off lottery ticket, the odds are you're not going to win. Yeah. The chance of winning and winning big is why gambling is something people tend to love. Yeah. So unfortunately, we got sucked into talking about it. But <laughs> now we've now we've laid the stakes out. That if they don't give the Buckeyes or even, and again, it wouldn't make a ton of sense because Michigan's not very good ever. <laughs> he smells. But I will say, even if Michigan somehow wins, let him in. And there's, there's, and I've seen this, there's the thinking that Michigan isn't going to play. That Michigan, Michigan State are not going to play based on what their restrictions are in their state and what's going on there. Well, listen, this is one of the reasons. He smells. I mean, it's <laughs> Harbaugh. I mean, you've, I mean, we haven't discussed this explicitly. You look at him and what do you think? You think, I, he, I bet there's, you know, I'm not judging him, but I bet there's a little odor. I, and, I, I love Harbaugh. I can't, I can't, I just, I, I love the guy. I hey, listen, the, the fact that you have a fetish <laughs> for scent or what, no one's judging. LA stuff is LA stuff. We keep it separate here. I'm RJ Bell straight out of Vegas. So, the real Vegas lead, recapping Monday night, specifically, Big Ben is back. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger returned after missing most of last season with the elbow injury and the surgery in the offseason, and the Pittsburgh Steelers get a 26-16 win over the New York Giants. Pittsburgh 1-0 to start the year. You have to ask yourself, and I think Colin today, right here on FSR, was way off on this one. So his thought was, hey – 
Pittsburgh beat a bad team, whoopee. And historically, Pittsburgh's beat up on the bad teams. One, that's not true. If anything, Tomlin has been famous for playing down to the competition or up to the competition. When Tomlin's been an underdog, when the Steelers have been a losing team, last year was a perfect example. One of the things we talked about was Tomlin's motivation ability. He should have been maybe like a small co- or, or he's obviously a good NFL coach. He might have been best as a guy like at Iowa State or something where he's going to pull off an upset as a 12-point dog you wouldn't expect. But when they're in the lead, the Steelers as a team, they tend to lose games they should not lose. And I mean, I'm a Steelers fan through and through, and I promise you, and you remember, I was telling you, bet Steelers last year because Tomlin's going to do well in this spot. Yeah, I, I, Tomlin doesn't do well as the lead horse in the race. So I think there's two reasons that Pittsburgh's performance was good other than the fact it brought us to 4-1 and one for the week on our Super Contest picks. But still, we had the Giants because I had questions about Big Ben. The last time he looked good was 20 months ago. Think about it. Week one last year looked horrible against the Patriots. Week two got hurt near halftime. Looked horrible in the first half against Seattle. Last time he looked decent was 20 months ago. He looked decent and even more than decent last night. First off, do you agree with that, that just looking at Big Ben's performance, you'd have to give it a good grade? Yeah, I was watching him closely. Early on, he looked like a little a little bit off, which is understandable. They've had no preseason. He hasn't been out there for you know a long, long time. So he looked a little suspect early on. And then when he started to get into a rhythm – I didn't notice any issue with arm strength. I thought I saw him throw the ball down the field. He he seemed to be accurate down the field. And as the game went on, he looked better and better with the addition of a run game that they got. Even when James Conner went out, Snell came in and ran the ball well. I was impressed with Pittsburgh. First three drives, Steelers and Big Ben, 47 yards, four of nine completions, about five yards per attempt. Not good. No. I mean, that is uh, Sam Darnold level stuff. Then, right after Mono. Right. <laughs> then, if you look at the last seven drives, I'm not hearing a lot of Sam Darnold this week again, by the way. <laughs> His strong finish for Big Ben, though, last seven drives, almost eight yards per attempt, three touchdowns. <laughs> this is in our notes here. Nine rushing yards, three more than Barkley had. <laughs> but he certainly looked like if it was – Loosening up, if it was, let's be honest, you're going to have some uncertainty how, how good you're going to be at that point. Right. And then he started feeling his oats. And I think there's no way you can't say Pittsburgh's chances of winning the Super Bowl are better today because of what we saw. To me, that's a big answer, don't you think? 100%. And the whole rust to start out the year, I remember a couple of years ago, Sean McVay was one of the first coaches to where he didn't play any of his starters in the preseason. Just didn't play them. And they had a season opener against the Raiders, and it might have been John Gruden's debut. And the Rams looked suspect in the first half. And then once the second half got going... That was a Monday night game, I remember. Monday night game. And then they started rolling, and it was almost like the first half was their preseason. I kind of looked at those first couple of drives as being the Steelers preseason work on, you know, try and get into a rhythm. It wasn't going well, but once they, they got into it, they looked much better. And this is a team 
who a year ago, if, if we would have had the current playoff format where you had the extra wildcard team, Pittsburgh would have been the extra wildcard team a year ago. And that was with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. At the very least, Roethlisberger is a significant upgrade over those guys. And that was a team that was a borderline playoff team a year ago. I think, it, I think it's good news for Pittsburgh. No doubt. And one of the things we're going to try to do as we wrap this up, and we're going to do it later in the show. And by the way, bottom of the hour, Jonas, you might not know about this. Colin and I, you know, we've been working together for, uh, I think it's nine years now, eight or nine. I've never tempted him to bet me on anything. <laughs> Last Friday on the podcast, I got him to bet me on one of the craziest takes. I, I said, come on, be honest. You don't believe this. And I, I'll be candid, kind of backed him into a corner. And he, we've bet $2,000 on one of his crazy takes. We've got the sound for that bottom of the hour. <laughs> it's, it's really good. Now, what we've been trying to do, and which, what we're going to do very explicitly in the next segment, is we're going to say, what questions got answered? Because there's all these questions every week. And what we're going to start doing is on Thursday, ask the question. And on Tuesday, assess the answers. Because if you looked at Big Ben and said, well, is he going to be close to what he was before? Is he going to be a top 10 quarterback? I think it's fair to say that yesterday you got that answer. Yes, he has that ability. He might get hurt again. Who knows? We didn't know for sure he could be a top 10 guy again. He can be. That's a key answer. Yeah. If you look at the Super Bowl odds, before yesterday, Pittsburgh was 25 to 1. Pittsburgh is now 18 to 1. The market is saying, wow, we had uncertainty. We got an answer. And we're going to try to do that every week, ask the right questions and assess the correct answer. Some people just get the answer wrong. They say, oh, there's no answer. Well, you're asking the wrong question sometimes. We'll be doing that too. And when we come back, in addition, game one, Heat Celtics, who's favored? Who's favorite for the series? We got those answers. That's coming up next. But first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations. In-store or curbside, visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone, he's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight Out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will take an early look at Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals. And the Game 7, all of a sudden, the Clippers, they can turn the switch. We all turn switches. Well, they might have that switch on off for quite a while tonight and man the uh, if you if you actually look at the odds of the clippers being eliminated tonight it's big enough to really make you go wow great day to join us this is the fastest growing show on fox sports radio our audience has doubled in the last year plus thank you so much for that and this football season we commit it's going to be guaranteed the best yet everyone's been doing such a good job fezzik back tomorrow jonas a rock a rock is that fair? Maybe that's a new nickname for you. Jonas the Rock Knox. Nah, it's, I mean, it's already taken, though. How about Jonas bet against him as a lock Knox? That works. Yeah, that works. I mean, it's accuracy is... Yes, <laughs> I think it's as long as we're telling the truth. That's all I care about. 
Wait, yesterday you did, did you have the Giants yesterday? I did. Oh my gosh. I told I, you. Guys. I, I went against that jinx <laughs> once and won and I got I, told I got you. I got like got uh, I got so confident. Oh, you got to learn. You got to learn <laughs> right now in Las Vegas, 101 degrees. The neon is chugging. So, RJ, tipping off less than 20 minutes from now from the bubble in Orlando. It is game one of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Heat and the Celtics. And right now on pregame.com, Boston is a two-point favorite. To me, I always like that the studies show that straight out of Vegas has about 50% of the audience that bets, 50% doesn't. And a lot of people are surprised and a lot of people who don't bet think they're kind of alone in that. Like, I like this show even though I don't bet. Well, let me tell you something. As we say often at the beginning of the show, with sports bettors, yeah, it's about the money. But for sports fans, it's knowing more than their buddy because Vegas knows a lot. So, yeah, we can tell you, hey, here's a handicapping tip. Denver's really good at home early in the season. Oh, look, they covered the spread again. Right? Why? Because of altitude is one of the reasons we think. And history says, wow, this is a big factor. That makes you smarter. But you know what else we can do? We can set the uh, expectation. So my grandfather, who just, re, you know, last two years passed away at 95, he'd never bet a game in his life. Never. He grew up during the Depression, went to WW2, just wasn't a gambler. But he used to walk in when me and my buddies in high school were watching the games. And he wasn't a big sports fan. He said, who's favored? He'd turn to the TV and say, who's favored? Because to him, if you know who's supposed to win, that's the beginning of setting the story of the expectation. That's something Vegas does outstanding too. So let's do that in this game one. As Jonas, no lock, Knox said, Boston (laughs) is favored by two in this game. So it means Boston's a smidge of a favor, just a little bit better chance to win. That actually lines up with the series price. Series price is Boston minus 130. So that's a money line. 130 wins you 100. And if you want to bet the underdog heat, 100 wins you 110. And that difference is the straddle between the minus 130, the plus 110. That's how the bookie makes his money, his commission. So Jonas, game one, eh, Boston a small favor. Series, Boston's a small favorite. Now, keep in mind, in the series, typically home court advantage plays a role in a four out of seven, not here. So this is pure how good the teams are. Do any of those jump out as value plays? And if you had to bet one, which one would it be? Like, do you like one of these teams much more for the series, but not as much for game one? What's your overall take? I like uh, Boston for the series a little more than I like them for game one. They did get a little extra time off in between that seven-game series against Toronto, which was a a grueling, pretty emotional series in which they thought they were going to go up 3-0, and there was the last second shot that that won it for Toronto. So the fact that they played on Friday and they get extended rest, I think, helps them. But I I like them for the series just based on the fact that they match up well against the Heat. They won the season series. Um, Miami's had a lot of time off 
we've seen that before uh, to where teams that, that you have, think so so much that they're going to be rusty. I don't know. I, I they, that's the thing about the Heat in this in this whole environment. They've just been a different team seemingly. It just they're they're a different team than what they were during the regular season. They were a good team during the regular season, but they've been a great team in this bubble environment. I think they've lost once only uh, the entire time they've been there. Yep. So that's that's why this this game one will tell me whether or not that's answered or whether or not that's just applicable to, to an, a normal circumstance. I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Here's my question. If Miami came in as one of the favorites to win it all, let's say with the pedigree of the Lakers or of the Clippers or of Milwaukee, and they started off and literally said, okay, we're going to sweep first round, 4-0, yeah. and then second round we're playing one of the other best teams in the league, and we're going to pretty much handle them without any problem. And five, you would think, wow, no one, no team could answer the questions of the first two rounds with any more certainty than that. Okay. Winning four, eight out of nine and supplanting one of the other leaders in your conference. I know that the pedigree, the lead-up matters because those typically 82 games, but – you know, less in this case of the regular season, tell you such a big story. But the thing about the Heat that makes me more optimistic that it's just not an, uh, a good team that's playing great now, but maybe they were a good team that's evolved into a great team, meaning they're very young. They, uh, Butler's new to that team, and it feels like they just got better and better as the season progressed. And to me, that makes me like them more than, let's say, a Tennessee Titans team I didn't get any sense they were coming together last year as much as, hey, Tannehill was better than the Marietta, and, you know, they won a couple of close games. Sometimes teams take a step up, but they don't really. It just seems like it. And then sometimes teams grow. It feels like Miami has grown into being better than they were in the regular season. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. And I think if they were more highly thought of coming into the bubble as opposed to what they were, there's no way Boston's favorite in the series. Yeah, and you might say, oh, it was such a great coaching matchup um, with Nurse versus Stevens, and um, now it's – no, no, no. Spolstra is maybe the third best coach in football, it, it, because or in basketball, because he – was there with LeBron and he was extra young at the time. No, I mean, Pat Riley did not give him that job with LeBron there thinking he wasn't good and he's been through so many wars since. I don't think there's really any coaching edge. Yeah, and Spolstra, this is one of the stories that came out early on that LeBron hinted at, hey, you know, Pat, would you be interested in coaching again? Because he wasn't really vibing with Eric Spolstra. And Pat Riley pushed back and said, no, I'm not, I'm not getting rid of him. He's been here a long time. I think he's good enough. And you can argue this might be his best coaching performance based on he doesn't have all the superstars that he had back then, and yet this team has been the best team in the bubble so far, and I don't think it's close. Hmm, that's interesting. So would you say Lakers are the second best in the bubble? Yeah, I would, I would go Lakers. Or let's say in the playoffs, because I don't really count the, the seeding games. I yeah, actually, true. Yeah. So Lakers, with a lot of questions coming in, have answered them in a resounding way. Yeah. And I think Miami, not as many questions, just lower expectations have have answered any questions in a resounding way. Now, Boston, you could say they are now battle-tested. And maybe that is an advantage 
to go through that war with Toronto because you might say Heat's more rested, but maybe it's the Heat haven't really faced. But they did have close games against Milwaukee. They just, in some of them, yeah. they just you know prevailed. So, and it's it's interesting to say there's two ways you can look at the Heat's win over Milwaukee. On one, you could say it's a Milwaukee team that got beat last year before the finals, got beat this year. They're just not a playoff team, right? Yeah. Or you could say that Milwaukee is one of the best teams in the history of the NBA not to make the finals. If you just look at their point differential, and we've talked about this at length, it's all-time stuff how good Milwaukee's been in the regular season. And those teams almost inevitably win the title, forget even making it. So Miami beat one of the best teams ever to be beat before the finals. I, you could look at that both ways. Not a, not a good playoff team because of some things with Giannis not getting his own shot and such. Or, hey, they just beat what could be the best team not to make the finals. Eh, it's an inch. Between those two, final question, which way do you look at it? Uh, you meaning uh, who, Boston's experience over? Well, I, I, think, I think the question is, do you look at Miami and say they beat a Milwaukee team that just doesn't do well in the playoffs, and then thus you diminish the win? Okay. Or do you say they beat a really, really good team? In fact, historically, one of the best teams not to make the finals. I think they beat a really good team. I, yeah. I mean, and and it looked like I mean that series really wasn't all that close. I mean, we we can argue whatever we want about okay, well Giannis was injured and all that. Man, I mean, if we're going to go down the injury path, then I guess you just want to diminish Toronto's win in the NBA Finals last year. I mean, yeah, a, a, and much more injuries in that case, right, yeah, than being banged up. Hundred percent. And the other thing on Boston, and I think sometimes people forget this. I think this is their third Eastern Conference Finals trip in the last four years. So even though they're a really young team. They've had deep playoff runs with those guys, and maybe that's part of the thinking behind making them the favorite in this series. Or you could say they've been here before and couldn't get through. True. Is, is that, and and it's, this is why sports is so great, right? Yeah. Is you can look at almost any piece of info from two directions. Last thing I would say is three-point shooting. We know it's so important in the NBA. Miami had a big edge with that against Milwaukee, and that's just not the case when it comes to against the Celtics, Miami was number two as a three-point shooting percentage made in the NBA. Boston is number one in holding opponents to a low three-point make percentage. So the second-best shooting team from three in the entire NBA, Miami, the number one defending the three, Boston, it probably gets decided there. And a lot of that can be luck, but over a seven-game series... The best team often wins. The odds say Celtics have a slightly better chance than that. If I was forced to bet it, it's not a bet. If I was forced to bet it, Miami Heat would be a small bet on my part. And I told you before, this is exciting. Finally, after almost a decade, I backed Colin Cowherd into a corner. And again, it was a friendly corner with smiles. But it was his choice. He said, I'll bet you. I think I'm going to ask people, would they rather have my side or Colin's side? Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. You can always check out the show on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He is the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Okay, we got the sound here. This happened on Friday. It was the culmination of a decade of trying to get Colin to bat. Hey, I got to respect the guy. When you tell him, pretty much I was saying, I think your take is crazy, 
And the take was on his New England pessimism. Colin just thinks, if anything, that somehow Belichick is tanking. I disagree. When we come back after listening to it, uh, and it's now, is I want to hear, Jonas, which side you would be on. I'm kind of hoping you're on Colin's side here. Let's listen. (laughs) This is one of the joys of getting to do this show. It really is. When I'm screaming at the radio all the time, and, you know, we talk off air occasionally, but I don't bother. I don't call you and say, Colin, I got a problem with one of your takes, right? Yeah, yeah. So I finally get occasionally to say it. Do you really believe the Patriots take you've got? Oh, absolutely. I think they're restructuring. They're a five-win team. So if I give you two-to-one odds, would you bet 5,000 on it? Because I'm— I'm right. Oh, 5,000 to win 10,000. Okay, let's change it to six and 10. Six and 10. You just are laying more money. I'm saying you bet 5,000 to win 10,000. Well, 5,000 is a lot of money. I'm a oh. working man. All right, you, oh, you want to do 1,000 to win 2,000? Yes. All right. So the over under, you said it's going to be five. Yes. So we'll make our over and under five and a half. Right? I'm so, going to take the under. Yeah. So if it's five wins, like you said, you win, I owe you 2000 bucks. And if it's six or more, you owe me a thousand. That's very, I feel very good about it. as a working man. I like those odds. <laughs> now I, you made it low enough that you had to take it. I just got a great bat. I love that. It's a take. No one else has. It's just, I guess my question is when has Belichick ever not tried to win? Think about it. When Bledsoe went down way back when, yeah. Remember, they were 0-2 after that game. Brady, who was a six-round pick the year prior, was coming in. Who in the heck thought they could win the Super Bowl? But did he give up? I just don't well, see when they would give up. He's ever given when, up. When do rich guys try to lose money when they need a tax write-off? So Belichick needs a quarterback because you can't win in this league without one, and there's three great college quarterbacks. Then why sign Cam at all? Uh, actually... Because he'll share snaps with Stidham, neither will get the proper snaps, and they'll both be mediocre. So you think actually this platooning yes. is is he's actually sabotaging his own Well, not team. sabotaging. I think Bill has a plan for having scrambled eggs in the morning. The idea that he's just making it up, eight opt-out, doesn't re-sign free agents, Bill's got a plan. Yeah, so because you're smart enough to know the aggregators would have grabbed that one, you dodged it. I won't press it, but you just really just repeated the same thing of saying (laughs) that, hey, it is a sabotage. I don't want to use that word, but it's a plan, which doesn't change. It's a sabotage. I should just retire at this point, Jonas. <laughs> I mean, how do you do that? I mean, it was with a velvet glove. I got the bet. Wait, wait, first of all, which side would you be on here? I, I would take the over. Yeah. And listen, there's a slight advantage now because this was before game one on Friday. Right. And now it's, you know, Pat's won again. Yeah. But still, I just, it's, I listen, there's a reason Colin is the most successful guy on the radio side in this business. He, will have a take. And I genuinely believe he believes them all. Yeah. I've never got a sense, and I've been a, around a lot of radio guys, you can kind of tell they're winking. I, you know, I don't re- someone's got to be on one side. Yeah. No. He be- he's a one-man show, effectively. You know, jo- Joy's obviously great with the news, but he's talking to the audience. He can have any take he wants. He always believes them. And some of them are shocking. I give him credit for backing it up with cash. And I promise I'm going to collect. I promise. I just, I mean, you, first place I look at, whenever I look at a team and how I think they might do or project them for the season is, all right, what's, what's in their division? And the Jets are awful. 
and the Miami Dolphins are still in rebuild mode, and we don't even know if the quarterback that they drafted is is going to be healthy enough to even finish a season. So I, I look at those two things. I think, okay, well, maybe they could split with Buffalo. So if you just look that they're going to get mm. at least three wins in division, all they would need is to pick up three wins elsewhere, and I just trust Belichick being able to, to make enough decisions and out-scheme somebody to come up with three extra wins. And, and if anything, I think what we've seen – is that Cam is willing to run, which means if you let Belichick, because you could say it's a business decision not to run as much, he seems bought in. I think that helps New England even more. But remember, don't judge Sam Darnold. Mono is not easy to recover from. (laughs) It's just not. When we come back, it is game seven. A lot of people said Clippers best team. I've been hearing that for a while. Well, best teams, they tend to win games. We'll see what the Clippers do tonight. The odds tell us there's a real chance this is their last game. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., we have got a Game 7 in the NBA coming up later on tonight. The Denver Nuggets and the L.A. Clippers right now on pregame.com. L.A., a seven-and-a-half point favorite. Yeah, I actually decided I'm going to make a pick here, and it's going to be a best bet. You never know. That's the thing. A lot of people <laughs> might say, oh, I just pulled in my driveway and – the idea of I pulled in my driveway and I don't I want to listen to the rest of this or I don't. Well, RJ doesn't have a best bet. No, we may spring a best bet at any time. At any time. So let me ask you though, first question to you, Jonas. Who do you? I mean, what's your thoughts on this game? Uh, I like the Clippers in a blowout. I think I think the Clippers get right backs against the wall. Um, you know, enough messing around. I think I think LA foot on the gas and they don't give up a big lead this time around. I think they finish them off. I think you're right. And what I'm going to do and give this pick out is you can bat Clippers in the first quarter. Now, the line for the game is seven and a half. Line for the first half is five. The first quarter, minus three. So literally, we're laying only three with the Clippers. And if you look at it, this is a Clipper team that did tend to start out when they were motivated, and I questioned drastically, drastically, the thought that, oh, the Clippers only play hard, or, you know, they only turn, flip the switch, flip it when they need to. And my question is, well, what is the virtue of that? And people often go back to Popovich and say, well, remember, Popovich, ba ba ba, Tim Duncan sat one time on a TNT game, ba ba ba. Okay. What was Popovich's goal. What was his overarching goal was to win a title. Everything they did was to improve the chances to win a title. You sit Tim Duncan in February, he's more rested in June and he doesn't get run down. It's not like, oh, the sleep that you get on in February is going to carry over. No, it's you get run down as an athlete, increase the chance of injury, et cetera, et cetera. But when the Clippers play but don't play hard, when they're distracted, it seems, when 
People leave the bubble for seemingly questionable reasons. What is the virtue in that? Like, how does that help you win a title? So, yeah, maybe they're right that a great, 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 great team can have intermittent effort. They can be hot and cold with their effort and still win a title. But you know what? For any team that's intermittent in their effort, that's not consistent, it hurts their chances to win a title by not being consistent. And what are you getting in trade? Nothing except laziness or lack of discipline or whatever. Now, does that mean that they should not get their millions? Does that mean they should somehow be incarcerated? No. It means as sports fans, as batters, we're looking and saying, how good is this team? How much do we want to root for them? That's something people don't get, I don't think. that As a sports fan, as a kid, you're like thinking, I want to be Joe Namath. I want to be Terry Bradshaw. I want to be whomever. As an adult, most of us don't want to be those. Now, again, it'd be like a fantasy kind of trip in some ways to be LeBron or whatever. But that's not how we think. We're thinking, who do we admire? Who is playing ball the way we want to live our lives? I mean, Jonas, you are, in my opinion, you know, the fan. You're the voice of the fan. When you like a team, when you appreciate a performance, isn't that what it is? Is you're saying life... You see bums, you see what, and that, he plays the game the way it's supposed to be played. Is that fair to say how you think of it? Yeah, like uh, Arturo Gatti is a boxer. I always loved Arturo Gatti because he was just always in these blood and guts wars, and it just made you appreciate just sort of that grit, that determination that he had when he would go into fights. I look at Belichick, I look at the Pats, I look at Brady when he was with the Pats, and I say, boy, that's the way I'd like to do my business. Yeah. And I often find people who are, kind of smart and kind of disciplined, they actually don't like Belichick because Belichick shows them what the ultimate version of discipline and intelligence is. <laughs> and they look over and go, yeah, but you know, you got to have fun with your family too. And it's like, yeah, you do. But does that, is that a choice between having fun with your family and actually working really hard? Right. I, it's not saying Belichick works every second of the day. But he works hard, and he's smart, and he's been disciplined. And it's, it's hard to look at the Clippers, to me, and say, I want to live my life like the Clippers play basketball. I don't. And thus, I'm not a fan. And I know unequivocally, because tonight, even as a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, they have a 23% chance to lose this game. And that's because they're flipping the switch. Well, it might be off. It's about a quarter chance it's going off tonight. I'm thinking they do well in the first quarter. First quarter minus three Clippers is a bet. Straight out of Vegas has been brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations in-store curbside. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone, we are straight out of Vegas. Back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Vegas! 